Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about something that holds a lot of us back, sometimes cripples us. We can't move forward until we get over this one thing. That thing is fear, and it's normal. We all have fear, but maybe we should look at it from a different standpoint and maybe change our lives. She's helping to change lives. She's a noted psychotherapist, and this is the Love and Connection Spreader podcast. Rena Miller is back with us. Welcome back. How are you doing? I am very well. Thank you. And I see you have your friends here. We're spreading the love between Hilda is here. Uh, I'm trying to remember your name. It says G. Refresh me. Yeah, it's just G. <laughs> they want to make, they want to miss anything. And uh, no, you're good. Is it Jonathan? I'm trying to remember. Yes. Awesome. Uh, we're going to start with Hilda on this whole fear thing. What are your thoughts about fear? Well, Steve, I thought your introduction was a good one. I mean, fears, I think the big word that, but, um, and there's lots of different aspects to fear, but I want to start with the premise that we're wired to fear, we're really hardwired. Right. And, and it saved us. It, it allowed us to be where we are as a species. And the issue for me is how do we deal with that fear and develop re- loving relationships? It seems to me that fear is the impediment. I totally agree with you. And I, in fact, the evolutionary aspect of fear, I think they call it reptilian brain, where we're always looking. <laughs> We're always on guard. Um, exactly. From way so, back. what my question today is: What do we do? To earlier discussion, we were talking about the, the tiger. What do we do about this tiger? You know, that has many manifestations. Not only because we carry it and we're susceptible, but because we're born not into. Even the most loving environment is going to be filled with all sorts of fears that we will unconsciously absorb, whether we want to or not. It's there. And and one of the fear is for around people who look or act different from ourselves. And that all of those kinds of things we were born into. How do we navigate that, those impulses? And that's what I would like us to dig into today. How have we navigated that? What helps us? What gets in the way? Who who wants to dig in? Yeah, great discussion. Well, I have a thought right now. I mean, I think one of I think one of the first important things is to notice it and accept it and recognize it's part of how we're wired. Again, it's a survival instinct and be kind with ourselves about it and understand perhaps that, you know, I've learned, I've learned research wise, we're more comfortable with people who look like us, who, who have similar interests as us, et cetera. And then to realize, whoops, maybe somebody is so radically different that we might want to push them away or we might want to be, be mad at them because they're acting in a way we don't understand. And yeah, if we vilify ourselves for that, that's not going to help us heal. And if we understand and maybe listen, maybe ask questions or talk to somebody we trust who might be a little more open. We might get some growth and some encouragement. 
to look at things differently. So Rena, my question is, and, and let's say to G and Jonathan as well, I mean, not only to you, but um, how have you done it? What have you personally done to deal with those impulses? Jonathan. It's, yeah, I was going to say Jonathan's answer is really good. I'm going to. Okay. I, um, understanding and accepting is the first step. It was actually, um, when I met Rena, actually, I was going through a very difficult period of accepting and understanding. I was alone. And my greatest fear, at least at the time, my understanding of my greatest fear was being alone. I thought that I was an unlovable mess who was going nowhere in life. And I felt that that isolation and that alone feeling of being in a, leaving an emotionally abusive relationship was just, I had no direction. And I had, was full of fear. I was full of negative feelings. And I didn't know really what to do with all of that. And it was accepting that feeling as valid, knowing that about myself first, and then trying to figure out where that was coming from and what that, where the understand, the, the key was understanding where I was going. It's really hard to be able to accept and understand that pit in your stomach, that deep, dark feeling. I'm so and glad you said that. I, I really am. It, because everybody avoids, <laughs> everybody avoids it. And there are mm -hmm. some people that fear themselves, like you said, and they're always staying busy, always staying busy because they don't want to realize that, mm -hmm. oh my God, I got to hang out with myself, but I'm going to feel alone. Oh, I don't want to feel alone. So I'm going to stay busy, stay busy, but the, it's okay. It's, but, yeah. but I get that it's not, <laughs> I totally get it's, that it's not. It's confronting it and look, staring it in the face and feeling it and realizing that it might not be what you think it is. Um, it, I realized through understanding back in this, in this dark time in my life that I was actually not afraid of being alone. I was afraid of being unlovable. And I realized that I actually didn't love myself and I had a lot to work on to love myself. And over time through talking with friends and working on myself and writing positive things about myself, like even as simple as what did I do today that I liked that I did? helped me learn to love myself and start to realize that there are lovable characteristics of myself. And once I started to love myself, I started to realize why other people would love me. And I started to realize that the friends and loved ones that I did have in my life loved me for those things. And so understanding my fear helped me teach me how to love myself, but also to love others and how I could connect with others. That is the key to everything, at least in that particular instance. Wow. I, I I want to honor the fact that it's hard work, you know. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's not easy stuff. Gee, you're nodding. How does that I am because it is hard. It's so hard. I think for a long time, like my response to fear was squash it. Like don't like it's not good to be afraid. Um, you have to you have to be so confident. Just do it. Um. And, you know, there's like a, a quote that's often used. I'm forgetting who it's by, but, you know, bravery isn't the absence of fear. It's, it's doing things scared pretty much. Um, and yeah, the, just like Jonathan was saying, it's, it's the acceptance of the fear and be like, okay, this is scary. Or I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety today. You know, whether it's founded or unfounded, I'm experiencing fear. 
I'm experiencing anxiety. Does that, I think for me, the hardest thing was like, okay, well, I'm not going to ignore it anymore. I'm not going to try and just not be afraid. I have to honor it. I have to like recognize that it's here. And I still have to do the thing that I'm scared of. You know, it's, I think, cause there's, there's a difference. There's like, you could try to ignore it and it's going to grow. You could get lost in it and be like, wow, I'm really experiencing this fear. That means that I just can't do anything. I'm going to shut down. Um, or, you know, whatever your natural response to fear. Some people want to like fight. Some people want to flight, flee, whatever. Um, yeah. And so I think that like middle bit of like, okay, yes, it's scary. I'm acknowledging this fear and I have to do the thing, you know, like Jonathan, you were saying it wasn't just like recognizing, oh, it's, I have this fear of, of being unlovable. It's like, okay. And now I have to do the thing now that I I've gotten to the bottom of the sphere. I have to do the thing, carrying and honoring that fear. And that's, you know, Hilda was talking about the tiger. I think a lot of the fear that we experience in society, especially with like global media, we don't have a thing to do. It's like I am taking in information, you know, images of war zones, um, you know, lots of, of horror movies and all this stuff. There is no outlet. And I think that has been something that I've been wrestling a lot with lately is this building of fear that I don't feel like is connected directly to anything in my life. It's really abstract. And I think for me, uh, what I do about that is like work it through the body because I think fear is really visceral. Um, so like maybe I just need to do some stretches. Maybe I need to go for a walk. Um, but yeah, in general, I think like mindfulness, acceptance, and then like doing the thing, doing the thing that you need to do. Well, I'm hearing I'm hearing the word compassion. I'm not hearing the word compassion, but what I'm hearing is the definition of compassion. Um, so I want to take it to another step. That's okay. And that is then what do we do with the people we're afraid of? That next step. You mm -hmm. know, right now, people who look different, act different. And and sometimes it's reasonable, like when I walk at night and um, when my, my spouse and I walk at night, um, we see a lot of people on the street. And I feel, I mean, it's, it's, it's awful. What I'm not going to, my experience is that uh, some of these people are carrying a lot of mental illness and I'm not equipped to handle it. I'm just not equipped to handle it. I'm not a big person and, you know, et cetera. I don't un know it. But there are people who I also fear. And those are people who are different than me. So my next question is, what do I do with um, people who look and act differently than me? It does what I do for myself carry over into those people. You know, gee, you were talking about when you were talking to people on the street, you know, because that was your job. There are some people who are pretty nasty. Well, <sighs> <laughs> unfortunate but true yeah <laughs> what do you do about that or what do you want to do about that why don't you tell them what the job was that you that yeah you just a little context um I was a canvasser um basically like the people that stand in like popular neighborhoods and say hey we're raising money for this thing you should get involved um the thing that I was raising money for was the international rescue committee uh, which is the largest secular nonprofit in the world that helps refugees. 
Um, some people feel really negatively about refugees, um, which is wild to me, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and yeah, I think that has definitely built a lot of fear because, you know, here I am like very literally representing a cause that people hate. Um, and especially being like a queer woman of color, like people can be violent. Like, I think I did have a lot of fear of that. Um, and to answer your question, Hilda, like, what do you do with those people? Like you, you do the thing scared. Like I've, I've definitely had a conversation with someone that started out rather, uh, strongly in disagreement. Um, but something about his attitude, he was still open to listening and, and hearing what I had to say. And I think by the end of the conversation, he was a lot um, more sympathetic to refugees and to the processes that create refugees and all of that. Um, I think if I let the fear of other people who may want to be violent to me, who may be different or think differently, have different opinions from me, rule my life, I wouldn't go anywhere. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to live my life in the way that I want to. And I think that's like a, a really, I guess, specific example, because like, not only is this fear that they are different, the fear is that they don't like me. <laughs> right. And I think that's like a very specific fear. Um, fear of rejection. It's like one of the top yeah, fears. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think just having the the self-compassion and also, I guess, um, the confidence to, to interact with those people anyway, and to also, I guess, just know when maybe it's not worth it. Um, maybe you need to, those fears are there for a reason, right? Um, and if you're feeling in a very unsafe situation, maybe it's time to get out of that situation. And I think that's, that is the balance that um, yeah, I was wondering how you handled that in those moments, that fight or flight response, you know, when fear is physical, <laughs> how, is. I guess you get used to that more as you go on or <laughs> does it, did it get easier? What do you have? How was that? It does get easier. Um, I'm naturally, I think good at, uh, deescalation and diffusing situations. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I definitely have used those skills. Um, and I think sometimes like there's your own reaction, right? But you're also reading the other person's reaction. And oftentimes their reaction is based in fear. And if you can mm -hmm. see and understand that, you know, like, again, you, you recognize in yourself, you're like, I'm having fear. This is a pretty reasonable fear. I'm being greeted with very hostile energy right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to honor that. I'm going to do the thing I need to do anyway. I'm going to talk to this person their reaction is coming from fear. And that changes things a lot because then you're seeing this anger. It is anger, sure, but really it's just a cover up for fear. Um, mm. And I think a lot of things come out sideways if you don't deal with them directly. Fear is absolutely one of those things. Um, yeah, I think, I think I got better at seeing that. In people. So it's remembering to be empathetic in those moments. And it's hard to be empathetic oh, when someone's 
coming at you. That's and it's is remembering to be empathetic and also having boundaries that you know protect yourself. Like, yes, okay, I see that you're coming from a really scared place right now. You can't talk to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I what a little bit of that that your example reminded me of a time um, voting day in 2020 there my piano tuner was in my home with a ballot for the other president that I would never dream of voting for he was on his way to drop his ballot off and we ended up having a nice conversation I mean nice we we listened to each other he asked me questions of course I brought up how racist that president uh what is and he asked me questions he's like but he was asking me questions about black folks and he was pretty much asking why do i see them as criminals why he was just and and you know but why is there so much criminality in 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 with with black folks and i just listened i let him know that the media tries to show us lots of things we have been raised biased in this country I recommended a program for him to watch 13. We kept talking to each other and we and listening. And, and there really felt like there was something special. And I knew it wasn't a coincidence for me that I was having the opportunity to employ this man. He was paying him to, to be in my home, to tune my piano. And, you know, and I checked in with him afterwards. Did you watch 13? Yes, I did. How did it impact you? And he let me know. And then the nice thing is he came back to tune my piano again. And I just really felt like it, you know, he's like, thanks for having me back again. And it meant a lot to me because some people would be like, you voted for him. I don't want you in my home. But he was doing a good job on my piano and his price was pretty good. <laughs> And I liked the fact that I was, that we were listening to each other. Mm -hmm. And you allowed that to happen. You saw something that allowed you to do that. And he did too. You know, the one common denominator here is we just want to be loved. The piano tuner, maybe he's got stuff going on and you might not necessarily agree with his political affiliation, whatever. Uh, but maybe he doesn't feel loved and whatever it is, any way you can show it. Have a conversation. And, and gee, I totally get your picking up on the fear thing. When I was 22, I still have a deviated septum because I was at a fast food restaurant and a bunch of guys came out and bam and whatever. Um, but that that since that day, my radar is always up. And unfortunately, and you know, I'm, I'm loving them, you know, but when you know, you know, <laughs> you feel it, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's like, that's the thing about the the fear response, like Hilda was talking about, like the, it comes from when we were fighting tigers and bears and yeah. what have you. Um, and there, there is, that's why we need to honor it and, and listen to it and accept it in order to like move forward. Cause it, it is there trying to protect us. And we have the discernment to say, okay, maybe this fear isn't the most useful right now. And I, I need to do the thing. And process it and process it. Because like you said, if you feel something, is it right? You know what? I don't really have to worry about this person. Um, I turned my back and that's where it went back, <laughs> back then. Um, I want to say, if I may, Jonathan, you said something before in your, your journey of writing mm -hmm. things down. Mm -hmm. And I don't think our population realizes the power of no. writing our thoughts down. It's very powerful. It is. 
it puts your own words out of your head and onto paper when you can see them, you can organize them yeah. and you can even learn how you are feeling in that moment. Cause you might not even know when it's up here. It's just a, it's all scattered just a voice. It's just noise yeah, in exactly. here. It's something you can revisit. And what I appreciate about what everybody is saying right now is as a therapist, I learned, I learned an exercise called taking your mind for a walk, you know, and I mm. literally will walk around my office babbling behind my client and saying all of the things that I have a sense that their mind is telling them. I mean, blah, 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 and, oh, I can't do this. I'll go. And, and they end up laughing often. And I say, did that sound like your mind? And they say, yes. And I say, well, why were you laughing? And the, the uh, answer is often because it sounded ridiculous coming out of your mouth. And there was some space between it. And so that is a bit of the mindfulness is getting a chance to be like, these are just thoughts. I don't have to take them all seriously. And also it helps people realize that they're not the only ones that are having some of these wacky thoughts that might be completely unfounded, you know, and mm. we have choices to listen to our thought, take them seriously or not, or just say, you know, that is just a little bit of fear. I can be open-minded right now. I can I can do this thing I don't think I can do. And taking that risk in our relationships with others, the same risk we take with ourselves, mm -hmm. it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And taking that risk, I mean, and, and keeping the judgment because we want to stay safe, but keeping, you know, because the, there are relationships which are, can be toxic, can be difficult. Um, and what do I do with that? And and I was just thinking the recognition that we all have of our similarities here. You know, we're always looking. We're always looking for, are you like me? Maybe listening opens another door for finding out how we can relate to each other. So just at taking that same model and I'm, I'm you know, taking that risk. And it's, it's tough work sometimes um, we're all different but we're the same and finding the similarities i find is a key yeah like, oh and and how can i look for that where can i find it and sometimes people yes they're they're angry they're threatening and i'll take care of myself first <laughs> but to f persist and say how are you like me in our you, head you know i had a neighbor i had a neighbor say not so long ago, you know, none of us are all good or all bad. And some people might not just not might not be safe for us or they might not click with us. But that doesn't mean we need to think of them as all bad either, you know, and right. right. And I've just seen some clients feel some relief in that statement like, oh, that's right. OK, some people are. But but some of those people who are very different, they might just be there to kind of open up our mind in a way we didn't think of getting our mind opened and, and, and being surprised maybe after a while. But I'll bet you, if you were able to have a deeper conversation with them, you'd realize yeah. like we did here today, if we weren't feeling the same thing, and this is random. We all got together. We didn't even know what we were talking about. There would have been dead air for 25 minutes, but there wasn't because we are all dealing with the same stuff in different aspects. And fear could be it's funny. Fear could be anything. It kind of came back to the same thread. It's it's fear of not being loved. Like, gee, when you meet people on the street canvassing, you, you know, you don't want them to, you know, genuinely love you, but 
just be nice to you in a loving way. And that's all we want. You know, I'm, I'm going to share something real quick. It just happened in Virginia. Uh, a woman named Brittany was at a convenience store and she paid. She paid for the person in front of her because they didn't have enough money. And she's just paying forward. That's all. And then that person left and she went and bought a lottery ticket and won $150,000. Now, I'm not saying you do something to get something, but I call that instant karma. And just do the right thing. Somebody like G has something to say. Hear what they have to say. So what? Maybe you not, might not agree, but you're a person. She's a person. Why not? And same thing with Jonathan. Like, I, I'm. thank you for, for being honest and transparent and talking about writing things down. I don't. So I appreciate you telling me that because guess what I'm going to start doing? <laughs> writing things down. Not typing, but writing. Uh, and Hilda, too. Thank you for today and all of your thoughts and, and kind of springboarding okay. it. Um, thank you. It's a great conversation. I, I really, thank really mean that. Thank you, everybody. See We're not going time. anywhere, Rena. Uh, how do we connect with you? Your website, Rena, if somebody has a question for you based on anything that we're talking about, how do we do that? It's Rena Miller, R-H-E-N-A Miller.com. Yes. Thank you for today. Really appreciate it. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're coming right back. Thank you. You know, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your fly. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council.